Wow, I am so honored by that introduction. That's a lot to live up to. No pressure, right? Okay, we're going to try to do this again. I got it? Okay, all right. Y'all praying for me, right? Y'all praying for me? All right, all right. You know, I had one message when I woke up this morning, and in the car on the way here, God said, I want you to talk about that. And you know what's bad when your best, fr- your best friend comes up to you and says, what you going to talk about? You're going to talk about the same thing. You're going to talk about dreams again. Dang, I was hoping you'd bring another message. But I said in first service, it's y'all's fault, because every time I come, I want to preach something different, but he keeps making me preach the same message. So it must be because you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do that I have to preach the same message again. So... Next time I come back, you guys will all be living in your dreams and I get to preach something else, right? Okay, that works, that works. Okay, all right. Thank you, Steve, for the opportunity to, to speak again. Usually I preach one time when I come home and it's all about Cameroon and I have my slideshow. So this is the first time I've ever preached in Bethel without slides about Cameroon. I get to talk about something else, which is the same thing I always talk about, just without the slides. So here we go. I want to talk about how to build a life that you actually want to live. What a concept. How to build a life for yourself that you actually want to live. Um, I haven't met most of you. There's so many new faces here. Um, I was a medical doctor, a family physician for many, many years. And in 2008, I quit my job and didn't know what I was going to do at the time. And two years later, I planted the Bethel, um, Bethel Cameroon School of Supernatural Ministry in West Africa. And my life since then has been completely amazing. And if you look at the difference between my doctor life and my missionary life, you would think that's a fall from grace, right? You would think, mm, you just ain't doing as good as you were doing before, right? But I am happier now than I ever, ever imagined that I would be. And I want to release something today to draw each and every one of you into the best life that you can possibly live. The life that will actually make you happy, the life that you wake up happy to live every day. Amen? So the first thing that you have to do to build a life that you actually want to live in is to make a decision that you're going to do it. And life in America gets us into this robotic every day. I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I have dinner with the kids, do the kids homework, put the kids to bed, go to sleep. And then I wake up and I go to work and I come home and I have dinner with the kids and I put the kids to bed, we go to sleep. And then the next day I wake up and this just, I'm bored just talking about it. This is life for many of us though. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that life. Everybody does not need to put your stuff on a ship and move to Africa. Somebody has to do revival here. But are you happy with the life that you're living? Are you fulfilled? Is it the life that you want? And if it's not, you have to realize that you have the power to change your life. Don't be a victim and just feel like you are stuck doing that life every day that you don't want to live. But realize that you have the power. I can create the life that I want to live. And make a decision to be intentional about doing it. It's not going to happen by accident. Life does not happen, a great life does not happen by accident. It happens with you taking hold of the reins of your life and saying, this is the life that I'm going to live and I'm going to do everything that I can to pursue it. It's interesting how many people admire me because of the sacrifice that I've made to be a missionary. Like, wow, you gave up your life in America. You were a doctor. You lived in a great house. You drove a great car. You, you know, just could go out to dinner or vacation, wherever you, and you sacrificed all of that to live for Jesus. You know, I'll just take the admiration. Yes, I did. I did do that. I did sacrifice. I am suffering for Jesus. I am. Every day I suffer. No, my life is amazing. There has been two times in the past seven years where I actually felt like 
oh, this is a sacrifice. I did, I did give up something. Can you imagine? Everybody thinks that, oh, I, I don't have, I mean, there's times when I have slow internet that I realize I sacrifice fast internet. But in general, in general, it doesn't feel, I'm serious, that's slow. I just need each of y'all to just use some dial-up for one day so you can see my life. But in general, I always feel just this incredible joy, this incredible fulfillment, this incredible everything. One of, the, one of the times where I realized it was a sacrifice was a few years ago. I won't go into that. And the second one was just this past week. My best friend from college treated me to a, um, a spa resort week, uh, week at South Beach. And we walked into the hotel. I was like, oh, I used to be a doctor. There, there was a time in my life that I could have afforded to do this. And we had an amazing week on the beach. You know, you raise a finger and a boy comes running and brings you a drink. You raise another finger, he comes running and addressed your umbrella. Are you getting enough sun? No, just move the umbrella just a little bit to the left, you know? And so uh, there were a few moments this week where I was like, yeah, I, I did give up something. But in seven years, there's been two instances where I felt like, yeah, this is a sacrifice. This is a sacrifice, this life that I'm living. Most of the time, it just feels like exhilarating joy. It feels like the best thing that could have ever happened and it feels like the best life I could possibly live. So in me telling you to live your best life, I'm telling you, you gotta give it up for God. You cannot, I don't believe it is possible to live the best life possible unless it's with God. Unless it is God, my life belongs to you. I lay it down, any ambitions, any dreams, anything of my own that I want, I give it to you and I want you to give me the life that you want for me. That's just my personal belief. I've lived it, I've, I've proven it, and I've seen it in so many other people's lives. I think you can only go so far outside of him. I think you can only go so far on your own dreams, your own desires, your own wishes, and then when you say that moment, just like he said, laying down everything at the feet of Jesus, I give you everything, I give my life away, I surrender everything to you, wherever you want me to go, wherever you, whatever you want me to do, I say yes to you. That is the beginning of your best life. But don't look at it with dread. Don't look at it like it's going to be a huge sacrifice. Like I got to give up this. I got to give up this. And oh gosh, I got to give up that. Maybe I'll just kind of hold on to that. And it's not like that at all. Anything that you could give up for him, he's going to give you so much in return, much more than you could ever give. You know, it's an old, old song in 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 an old church. You can't beat God given. We just tap our feet and just clap. You can't beat God given. It's so true. You cannot outgive God. So whatever you sacrifice to live for him, He's going to give you back that a thousand million hundred times more. Trust me. Trust me. I can, I can promise you. The funny thing was, I'm sitting on the beach saying, God, I sacrificed this lifestyle to live for you. He's like, you're sitting here, aren't you? You're enjoying this, aren't you? So you got to live the God life and sit on the beach and say, yes, another drink, please. So... There's nothing that you can give up that he's not going to give you back. So don't look at it as a sacrifice. See it as the best investment. Giving your life to God completely, 100%, is the best investment you could ever make. Because the return on investment is unbelievable. What he gives you back is unbelievable. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's happiness. It's joy. It's fulfillment. And it's the kingdom. So make a decision and be intentional. I'm going to give you my life. And I am going to press into the best life I could possibly live. And I'm going to trust you to take me there. So number one, be intentional, make a decision and go for it. Number two, I could get stuck here forever, is know the father. 
Daniel 11 and 32 says, and the people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. If you know the Father, then you can be strong and you can do great and amazing things on this earth. But the key is knowing him. And I feel like so many of us, myself included, learned so much about God in church that was not true, that was not right, that was not real, that was not who he is. And I'm unlearning those things every single day. And he's replacing it with the truth of who he is. So I just want to share some of the things that he's taught me about who he is. Um, Number one is that he is a loving father. Forget everything that you learned in church about the rules, about thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. You have to do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. This God box of holiness that we get in thinking that he's about the rules. If you step outside of the rules, he's standing with a stick. Boom. Get back in line. Okay. I'm a Christian again. I got to repent. Oh, stepped up. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Just walking this thin line with God to stay on his good side because he's mean and he's demanding and he's punishing and he's harsh and he's difficult. Forget that. That's not who he is. He is a loving father. He is a good father. His love is wider than the ocean. I was sitting there on the beach and just looking and he just, we just had a moment where he said, that's how big my love is for you. Have you ever sat on the ocean? You can't see the ends of it in any direction. Like as far as you can look, there's water. And he was telling me, that's how big my love is for you. And I got in and it was warm and it was beautiful and the way it was a soft day at the beach. And I just felt his love. I felt him rocking me. I felt him loving me. I felt just his goodness over me. And he just kept saying, my love for you is like the ocean. My love for you is like the ocean. It's big. It never ends. It's vast. It's wide. It's huge. It's long. It's comforting. It's sweet. It's warm. He is so good. He's a loving father. He's a sweet daddy. His banner over you is love. He rejoices over you with song. Like he like rejoice if you if you if you um translate it from the Hebrew, it actually means to spin it around in a circle wildly. Like can you imagine that's the way God feels about you? You wake up in the morning, he's like, Ah, Erica's awake. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. That's how much he loves you. One of my favorite scriptures, Song of Solomon 4 and 9, that you have captured my heart, my sister, my spouse. One look at you and you completely take my breath away. That's the way he feels about you. When God looks at you, he's like, oh, that's the one I love. That's the one I love. Forget the harsh, mean, punishing God with the long list of rules that's keeping a tally of all your sins, waiting for you to come to heaven and be like, I don't know if you can get in. You did that on June 14th. You did that on August 3rd. I don't know. I don't know. You might have to perform a little bit more for me. That's not who he is. He's a father that loves us. And he's good. He's so, so, so good. He's good. Like, I just release an impartation to know his goodness, to experience his goodness every single day of of your lives. I just release a divine revelation of his love for you. You've got to know his love. You've got to know his goodness. It will change your life. If you know how much he loves you, and if you know how good he is, you'll do great exploits. You'll feel like he's behind me. I can do anything. You, you, you go to run and do something. You're like, he's behind me. I've got all the strength of God. I've got all the love of God. I've got all the power of God behind me. He's with me. He'll never leave me. He loves me. He wants me to live my dreams. He wants to resource me. He wants to bless me. He wants me to be happy. He wants me to wake up every single day and love my life because he's a good, good father. He's a good, loving father. 
So if you know his love, if you know his goodness, you'll be able to build a life that you actually want to live. Number two, you've got to know his voice. There are available, either through the school or through Bethel Life, classes on the prophetic. I don't understand how people live without hearing the voice of God. I challenge you today, if you don't know the voice of God, drop everything, stop everything, and do whatever you have to do to learn how to hear him. How do you live your life if he's not telling you what to do? You just figuring it out as you go? That don't make sense to me. Seriously, like... It's just too random. Like, okay, I think I'll do this. I I don't trust myself enough. I'm not that smart. Like, I would rather him tell me what to do. There are resources available through this church, books, tapes, everywhere. Learn how to hear the voice of God. You cannot live your life another day without knowing his voice. I love to teach the prophetic. And when I teach the prophetic, it's not just you, the Lord says. It's not just calling somebody out and giving them. It's a prophetic lifestyle where you live your life every single day hearing his voice, whispering in your ear, telling you, "Uh uh-uh, baby, don't do that. Come this way. Come this way. Mm Mm-mm, baby, that's the wrong one for you. Leave him alone. I'm going to tell you, you don't know. You know? He will whisper. He'll tell you everything. I don't... Honestly, I have, I have, I was introduced to the prophetic back in 1990 and been listening to him ever since. I don't know how people get it right without God. I really, really don't. Maybe they're hearing him and they don't realize they're hearing. How do you, how do you live your life without hearing his voice? If that is not something that you're capable of right now, hearing the voice of God on a regular basis. Like if I need an answer, I can go to him. I can come out with an answer. If that's not a part of your life, get it. Do whatever you got to do. Value the voice of God in your life above everything else. Because once you have his voice, you can't get it wrong. You can't mess up. I'm not brilliant. I mean, I have, I've enjoyed great success over the last five years. I've, I've built a school of ministry. It's growing. It's beautiful. It's exploding. And the Holy Spirit makes me look like a genius. I don't know what I'm doing. I do not know what I'm doing. Ain't nobody, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. What, but he does. He knows everything. So he's like, mm-mm, we're not going to do that right now. Do this next. Okay, do this next. Okay, that's your next staff person. I don't even like him. No, trust me, it's good. It's a good decision. Trust me, trust me. He will tell you everything that you need to know about everything. You can't live life without his voice. I just charge you today, learn the voice of God and make it the most important thing in your life. God, I have to hear you. Turn on my spiritual ears, open up my spiritual eyes, give me access into the heavenly realms. I want to hear, I want to see, I want to know you. I want to live my life by your voice. I want to live by the whispers. It's just the best life ever. God, what do I do? What's next? What do I do? Uh, this, I, just any direction that you need. He's so sweet and so loving. He talks all day long. He does. All you just got to do is plug in. Like if, if I'm lost, if I'm upset, if I'm depressed, if I'm frustrated, if I'm confused, no matter what's going on, I can just pull back for a second, lean on his chest and be like, okay. And whatever I need to hear in that moment, he'll say, whatever I need to know in that moment, In the name of Jesus, learn to hear the voice of God. Don't go another day. Get you a book. Get you a get on the internet. YouTube has everything. You can find everything on YouTube. Learn how to hear the voice of God. It's important. Live by his whispers. Live a prophetic lifestyle and let him guide and direct everything that you do. 
The next thing is God really has a personality. Like when you start to get close to him and you get to know him up close and personal, he's a trip. He's really a trip. For me, he has an amazing sense of humor. He's, he's like me a lot, you know? I was telling the first service that each one of us is made in the image of God. Each one of us reflects a certain aspect of who, God's, of who God is. And so, you know, I'm not being... Um, irreverent to say that God is like me because I express who he is. So when me and him have a conversation and he comes at me just like I come at him, it's because I'm expressing who he is. So I'm snarky and sarcastic. Ask my best friend. She'll tell you I'm not as sweet as you think I am. I'm very snarky, very sarcastic. And he'll come at me just like that. Oh, for real, Sherry, for real. Okay, that's what you're going to do. All right. Let me know how that works out. Oh my God, come on now. You know, he'll cut, he, he has a personality. He will talk to you. He has jokes all the time. Like he laughs at me all day. Like, like, come on God. Yeah, come on baby. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come over here, come over here. Cause you about to really mess this up. Let me just show you what to do. Just, just come sit down, sit down, get somewhere and sit down. Just come on. He really has a personality. He will talk to you just like you need to be talked to. He'll relate to you just like you need to be related to. And he, he, it just, you can get into such a comfortable place with him that you know him. And more than that, that you are known by him. It is the sweetest thing in the world just to be known by him, to know he knows what makes me sad. He knows what makes me happy. He knows what I'm afraid of. He knows how to comfort me. He knows exactly what to say in every single moment. And he will always give me exactly what I need. There are times that, you know, I just want to have a little pity party, but uh uh-uh, get up, get up, get up, get up. Come on, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Stop whining. I want to hear it. Stop praying. Stop whining. Get up. I mean, he'll talk to you the way you get to know his personality. He is really wonderful. He's sweet. He's loving. He's kind. He's personable. He is not this thing on the throne. Boom. You did something wrong. Get back in line. Thou, O child of mine, thou destiny. I mean, he doesn't talk like that. He, he has... He has a voice like a father, like a daddy. Sometimes he sounds like a mother. Sometimes he sounds like a best friend. He, he's so personable. Get to know his personality. Get to know the personality of your good father who loves you. And live in that every single day. It's the best life you can possibly live. It's the sweetest life that you can possibly live. And then finally, he is a dreamer. God is crazy when it comes to dreams. I'm like, what are you on right now? What are you talking about? You know, I'm, I'm a very, I, I write fiction. So I'm a very, I, I can dream. I can daydream. I can write stories in my head. I can imagine my future. I can, I can create, a, you know, in my head, the life that I want to live. And then he starts talking. I'm like, oh, you want some other stuff for real. Like, what are you talking about? That's not even possible. Why are we talking about changing a whole nation? What, what are you talking about? Like, Imagine Abraham in Genesis 15. Abraham just wants a son. Just give me one child. I'm old. My wife is old. We old. Just give us one son. We'll call it a day. We'll be happy. We'll pass on our inheritance. It'll be all good. God takes him outside at night. Wake up, Abraham. Wake up. Wake up, Abraham. Come outside. Look. See all those stars. Your descendants are going to be as the stars of this. I'm just looking for a son. Me, look. Me, me, me and Sarah, we owe. I need you to know. Just give us one son. Mm-mm. As, as much as there is sand on the seashore. God, what are you on? For real? 
And that's what it's like to dream with him. Don't get stuck in the Christian box. I'm going to find God's will for my life. I'm just looking for God's will and I'm not going to move until I know God's will. I'm going to sit right here, not do anything until I know God's will. And then when I know God's will, I'm going to pursue it. No, sit on his lap and dream with him. Just start to imagine what can me and God accomplish together? What can we do together? What can we take over? What can we conquer? What can we build? What can we transform? What can we change? What can completely be transformed in culture because of me? Just start to dream big. His dreams are huge. Whatever little dream you got, if you're like Abraham and you want a son, I just release that right now that God is going to take you out and he's going to show you all the stars of heaven and say, "Mm -mm, I don't want you to just have one. Your descendants are going to be in number like this. That's what he wants for you. His dreams are always going to be huge. His dreams are always going to be huge for you. Learn how to dream with God. But you have to know that he's good, that he's a good father, that he loves you, that he's vast, that he's expansive. You got to be able to hear him in order to be able to dream with him. Y'all get a prophetic book, every single one of y'all. If you don't know how to, if you don't know how to hear him, learn how to hear him. Somebody came up to me after the first service and I said, I'm going to have to add that to the message. I'm going to have to add that. It's very, very important. Sometimes the things that block our intimacy with God just can be devastating. Life happens. Life happens and it can just eclipse all that intimacy. It can, it can eclipse those sweet moments in his presence. It can eclipse, like I lived through a season where I wasn't sitting in his lap. I wasn't receiving his kisses. I wasn't I wasn't sweet to him. I was going through the motions of being a Christian leader, but it wasn't the all out intimacy. It, you know, sometimes when I get lost in him, me and him dance together and I have on a long, beautiful, flowy dress and he's spinning me around and twirling me around and he'll lift me up in the air. I love dance. And so that's one thing that me and God do together. We dance together all the time and I'm completely just graceful and weightless and just, I can really dance in the spirit. Really, really, I can dance. And so we dance together. And so during those moments of difficulty, we didn't dance. I didn't even hear music. There was no music in my head. There was no dance in my heart. And one of the things that I've learned this last season, I just came through a really difficult season where a lot of people died. My father's sister just died last week. And I'm learning, I haven't completely got there yet, but I'm learning how to live above it, how to sit in God's hand and let him take me up into the heavenly realms. And I abide there. I dwell there so that no matter what's raging around me in life, no matter what difficulties I'm experiencing, no matter what's going on, hardships, death, whatever is going on in your life, don't, don't feel like intimacy is only for the good times. Intimacy is so much better in the bad times. You need it. One of our, one of, I told you guys last time I spoke, one of our mothers died and it was devastating for all of us. And a few years before that, we had another person that was very important to us to die. And we talked about, we're not going to lose our intimacy with God this time. Like all of us just fell off. We were just going through the motions, still running to school, still having worship, still doing all those things. But our hearts weren't in the same place as they were from him before. And I'll never forget this example. It's brilliant. One of my girls, uh, Sue, she's brilliant. She's amazing. She said, Said, I want to do it different this time. Last time when Ernestine died, we all just kind of turned away from God and we just were like, our backs were to him. This time I want to run into him and I want to beat on his chest and I want to scream and I want to tell him how upset I am, but then I want him to hold me. And that's how you maintain your intimacy in the midst of difficulty. Run into his chest, beat him, scream at him. You know those dramatic movies where the woman's like, you hurt me. 
Seriously, do that with God. Do whatever you have to do. I'm serious. I'm serious. Just, just beat on his chest. Scream at him. Do whatever you have to do and do whatever you say, whatever you have to say, but make sure you're in his arms when you're doing it. The first time we lost somebody, we turned our backs and we're like, I'm not talking to you. You disappointed me. You hurt me. This is difficult. I can't make it through this. The next time we were laying on his chest, you really upset me. I can't believe you let her die. But we were in his arms. That's the difference. Go through trials in his arms. So intimacy is not only for the bad times. Intimacy is all the more for the difficult times. Beat on his chest. Yell at him. Tell him whatever you got to tell him. But don't lose that bond. Don't lose that relationship. Who I can't remember who. I talked to three different people. They were like, I'm trying to be intimate, but life is hard right now. I said, I got to put that in the message. So don't lose your intimacy no matter what. It's the most important thing. Number one, be intentional and make a decision. I'm going to live the best life I can possibly live. Number two, know the Father. When you know his love, when you know his goodness, when you know his voice, when you're intimately acquainted and involved with his personality, and when you know how much of a dreamer he is, it is so easy to launch into the life that he has ordained for you. And then finally, number three, know yourself. This is where it can get a little sticky, a little difficult, okay? It's amazing. One of my favorite messages is teaching people how to live in their purpose and destiny and how to live in their dreams. And I ask the question all the time, what are you dreaming of? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? What is the best life for you? If you could write your own story, what would that story look like? And it breaks my heart how many people stand there, no idea. And it's common. It is common. There are more people in this room who don't know what they want to do than there are who do know what they want to do. Some of us dream and some of us are just, like I said, living that life of going through the motions, paying the mortgage, paying the bills, taking care of the children. And that's just life. God wants so much more for you than that. And so my question to you is, what do you want? What do you really want out of life? Who do you really want to be? What is the life that you really want What is it? What do you love? What are you passionate about? What could you do all day and not get paid and you would be happy? You would be full of joy. I love what I do with all my heart. I can be tired. I can be frustrated. I can be upset. Give me a microphone and a bunch of people listening and I'm good. Give me some people to pray for. I love those moments when I'm praying for somebody and I'm prophesying for somebody and they just break in my arms and they begin to cry. And I know that God is talking to them. It doesn't get any better than that. To know that I can represent God and touch somebody's heart. What else could you want? I mean, I know everybody else got different dreams. Everybody's not trying to go into ministry. But seriously, to live a life where there are moments where you just got to say, I just impacted somebody. I just, I just poured out God's love on somebody. I just poured out the Father to somebody. Whatever that looks like to you. It could be finance. It could be banking. It could be building amazing businesses that give people jobs. It could be transforming a community. It could be, there's seven mountains. That's, I'm going to teach that sometime. There's seven mountains. Media, government, entertainment, and arts, education, government, uh, family. There's seven of them. Look them up, look them up, look them up. There's seven of them. There's, there's, there's so many different ways that we can impact culture and change the world. Not everybody is supposed to be ministering, but what are you supposed to be doing? What is it that you were born to do? What is it that you're naturally gifted to do? What, what are the things that live inside of you that are the passions of your heart? If you don't know that, again, drop everything and figure it out. What are you doing? 
What, what are you doing otherwise? If you are not going after that life, what are you doing? Stop going through the motions. Stop living a normal, regular life and, and, and just commit that I'm going to live my best life ever. I'm going to live my dreams. I'm going to live amazing life where I feel alive every day. Everybody take a deep breath. You're alive for a reason. There is breath in your lungs for a reason. You woke up today for a reason. There's a reason that you're alive. What is it? If you don't know, stop and find out. Go to the beach, go to the mountains, go to your happy place. Do what you do with God. Get in your secret place and talk to him. Who am I? What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? What is my life all about? What is the reason that I'm taking in air every single day? You cannot be happy unless that's the life you're living. You can be okay. I don't want to be okay. I don't want to be okay. I have this amazing prophetic word over my life that when I'm 80, they said, when you're 80 or 90, you're going to sit in a rocking chair surrounded by all your revivalist children and you're going to be telling the stories of revival. I could just see myself still gorgeous, just a little bit of gray, rocking back and forth in the chair. My friend, that's like this girl, just sit down. <laughs> Rocking back in the fourth in the in the chair and just saying, "Remember that time in Kenya, where we were in the village and the witch doctor came out and he made a pronouncement and we just stood and worshipped and all the witch doctor stuff fell and every everybody got saved. Remember that time in Uganda where we prayed for all those AIDS babies and they all got healed. Remember that time? I mean, that's where that's the life I want." What is that story for you? What do you want to be saying when you're in a rocking chair at 80 to 90, recalling the victories of your life, recalling the things that you've done for the kingdom of God? You're 80 to 90. You're rocking back and forth. You're remembering the greatness of it all. You remember, hey, remember that time where we just decided we were going to drive to the village and when we got there, there was somebody dying and we just laid hands on them and they got up. Remember that time? I mean, what stories do you want to tell? What stories do you want to tell? Create a life where when you're 80 or 90, you're going to have the most amazing stories to tell. And you may not even have to tell them because everybody knows them. Wouldn't that be amazing? What legacy are you trying to leave? Live life to the fullest. It's, it's, It's not enough just to go to work every day unless that work is your passion. Do what you were born to do and do it with everything that you've got. Know yourself. What do you want? What do you love? What were you put here to do? Know yourself. Get with God. The whispers that I was talking about, the voice, he'll tell you. He wants you to know. He wants you to live a fulfilled life. Ask him. He'll tell you. Number two, inner healing. You've got to be whole. You have got to be whole. You cannot do great exploits for God and you all broke inside. You all broke, you rejected, fearful, believing lies. You can't do anything because those things are like strings and you'll be trying to run forward and they'll be pulling you back. They're like mud, like quicksand. You're trying to do something amazing for God and you're just stuck. What are the lies that you're believing about yourself? What are the lies that you're believing about God? What are the lies that you're believing about your life? What fears cripple and paralyze you? What beliefs do you have about yourself that will keep you from ever becoming everything that you're supposed to be? Your greatest enemies aren't on the outside. Your greatest enemies are right here. Sit in God's presence and say, God, what lies am I believing? What lies do I believe about myself? 
Look at your fears. Where do they come from? I was sitting on the beach, you know, and I'm a, I'm a very type A personality, very hyper, very got to accomplish this, got to check off my boxes on my to-do list. And on the beach, there was nothing to do but raise my finger. Can I have another cup of water, please? So I'm sitting there and I just feel myself just. And then there was nothing there but me and God. And he started talking. I was like, oh, this is why you're like this. Remember when you were seven, when you were eight and all these things happened, you never got over that. And that's why you act like this right now. Remember, remember all those years ago when you tried this and it didn't work. And that's why you don't want to try this anymore. That's why you don't want to do this anymore. You know how you get afraid every single time this thing happens? Let me show you why that is. God just showing me roots, just roots and roots and roots and roots. And I've gotten to the point where I have zero tolerance for that junk in my life. That's how we got to be. If there's any stronghold that the enemy has in your life, it's time to pronounce zero tolerance. I refuse to be paralyzed by fear. I refuse to be held back by the lies of the enemy. You know, he starts whispering in your ear, telling you all this stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. God isn't with me. He left me when that so-and-so happened. And yeah, I got to make this happen by myself. I got to do this by myself. I can't count on him. Zero tolerance for the lies. That's how we, when God shows you something, do whatever you got to do. Get a sozo, do whatever, go see somebody, go talk to somebody, get on somebody's couch, do whatever you got to do. We've got to get rid of the lies, the fears, every single stronghold. Zero tolerance for the enemy having any place of holding me back from my dreams and destiny. If I'm believing a lie, God, expose it and give me the truth. If I'm, in, if I'm afraid, let your perfect love cast out all fear. Whatever it is that is keeping you from your destiny, develop a zero tolerance policy and get that stuff out of your life. Uh, so many of us, we don't want to see it. We don't want to feel it. On the beach, I was like, oh, let me find a magazine. Let me find a book. I don't want to talk about this. He's like, oh, okay. You want to keep walking around like that? I'm going to ask you that. Do you want to keep walking around like that? Whatever happened to you, if your father wasn't there, if somebody broke your heart, if you were, whatever happened, okay, it happened. Now it's on you. Stop blaming your daddy. Stop blaming your mama. Stop blaming your ex-husband. Stop blaming anybody. You take the responsibility and get that stuff out of your life. Zero tolerance. I will not be afraid. I will not agree with the enemy's lies. This is what happened the first year. All those people died and I started believing God isn't good. He's not there for you. He's not going to cover you. He got you out here leading a school of supernatural ministry, but he's not really giving you the miraculous power that you need. I stopped praying for people. This is what happens when you agree with the enemy instead of God. I just, I just pray that God turns on the lights in each of our minds that we can recognize lies. Now I've gotten to the point, "Mm -mm, that's a lie. I'm not agreeing with that. That's a lie. I'm not partnering with that. Anytime you feel yourself angry and offended with God, that's a lie. I'm not, who brings lies? The enemy, who are you going to agree with? Who are you going to partner with? If you're feeling afraid to do something, who is that from? Don't give him rent free space in your head. You got to go. You can't stay here. I'm not agreeing with you. I don't believe you. You don't get to live here. You got to go. Whatever it is, go through the pain of dealing with your stuff. Deal with it. Don't let it stay there. Because it will keep you in bondage for the rest of your life and you will never become any, everything that you're supposed to be. And so I, I've had many sozos. Every time I come home, I get a tune-up. I like, let me get in a session. Let me just get a little tune-up for us. You know, and I was going to skip it. I, I felt like I was fine. We had a great end of the year. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need a tune-up on the beach. Oh yes, you do. You need a tune-up. 
So I'm gonna find somebody this week, like, can you help me? For real, do whatever you have to do to get this stuff out of your life. You can't afford to, be, to believe lies. You can't afford to be afraid. You can't afford to have any thought, I think it's Bill Johnson that says this, don't have any thought in your head that the father doesn't have in his. Show us those things, God. Show us the lies. Show us the fear. Show us the things that are keeping us from being all that we're supposed to be. So that's it. Be intentional. Make a decision. I am going to live the best life ever. I'm a powerful person and I can create the life that I want to live. And I can partner with God and create a life that's better than anything I ever imagined. Be intentional about it and trust that there's nothing that you're going to give up that he's not going to give you back a hundredfold in return. Know the father, the people that know their God will do great exploits. The more I get to know him, the more I think I can do. I think I can take a whole country. I think I can influence a whole continent. Africa, you are mine. You know what I'm saying? Because I know my God. And the people that know their God, if you know that he's good, if you know that he's loving, that he's for you, that he's with you, if you know his voice and you can direct your life based on the things that he says to you, if you know his personality, if you can sit and just laugh with God, if you can just sit and listen and hear him, and if you can dream with him, you're going to do great exploits with your life. And then finally, if you can know who you are, what is the greatness that's inside of you? Like look in the mirror. I do that a lot. You are amazing. Look at you. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're powerful. You're full of so much. You reflect God. Do you do that? That's not arrogant. That's what you need to do every single day. Get in the mirror and talk to yourself. Say what God says about you. Do you have a bunch of prophetic words? Say those things. Recite those things. I'm going to be 80, sitting in a rocking chair, reliving the stories of revival, how I took the whole continent of Africa. Say those things to yourself. Know yourself. What do you want? What are you passionate about? What are you good at? What were you created to do? And then get the stuff out of your life that would keep you from getting there. Zero tolerance. That's going to be our new policy, Bethel. Zero tolerance for any of the devil shenanigans. You got to go. You do not get rent-free space in my head, in my heart, in my life. Uh Uh-uh, you got to go. When God shows it to me, I'm gonna do everything I can to get rid of it. Be intentional, make a decision, give your life to the Father, and then get to know him. Pursue him with all your heart, and then get to know yourself. This may take time. Like, create time where you just pull aside and you just sit down and talk to him. Don't have a thee and thou conversation. Just be like, God, what's up? What's up? Just talk to him, just like you would talk to your best friend. If you can't talk to him that way, just ask him to make that adjustment. Show me who you are. Show me that you're up close and personal. Get in his presence and talk to him. Tell him to show you who he is. Tell him to show you who you are and and go for it. Go for it. Live the life that you actually want to live. Live an amazing life. Life is too short. All these people dying, it's just showed me. Life is too short. I want to ride it till the wheels fall off. I want to... I just want, I just want life to be crazy and just, did you hear Sherry just got on a plane and she went to Zimbabwe. She just got on a plane and she would just do anything, go anywhere, be courageous, adventurous, explore, live, live, live. Amen. All right. Stand up. Let me pray for you. 
Yvette, was that all right? I know I preached the same thing over again. Was that all right? Was that okay? (laughs) All right, just hold out your hands in front of you. Father, I just thank you for these, your people. And I just release right now just the ability to know you intimately. God, draw every single one of us into the secret place of your presence. Give every person in this room a divine revelation of your love. Make us to know the heights, the widths, the depths, and the breadths of your love for us. Help us to get lost in the ocean of your love and cause it to transform everything about us. I just release the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would hear your voice, that we would know you so well, God, that every single person in this room would have the ability to hear your voice and to know you to know you intimately. God, I just release a spirit of revelation to reveal who you are and to reveal who we are. Help us to know ourselves. I release boldness and courage to go after our dreams. And I just release that inner healing, God, that ability to just be free of all lies, of all brokenness, of all fear, of all the power of the enemy, that we would be able to say like Jesus that Satan has nothing on me. No open doors, no open doors, but every place in us being completely full and saturated with your love. I just thank you just just more than anything, God, just a deeper revelation of your love and the ability to walk in intimate, intimate, close, personal fellowship with you. In Jesus' name.